everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One and a special guest today from a place very near and dear to my heart in multiple ways, uh, Coach Corey Koops from uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene. Uh, Coach, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Corey Koops, uh, assistant baseball coach, Mount Vernon Nazarene. Proud uh, grad from Mount Vernon in 2015. Uh, before I got to Mount Vernon, I went to Marion Pleasant High School, where uh, I was able to have a lot of fun and kind of start my passion for coaching um, for, through a lot of different things, getting to play different sports, play for my dad. So uh, that kind of really shaped a, a lot of my life and how I got to this point. So that's a little bit of how we got to, to this part of the journey. Very cool. And I, I promise, um, and you and I have exchanged some text, but um, I promise one thing I'm not going to do is ask about a certain right-hander that, that plays uh, for you now um, that may or may not have grown up in my house. So <laughs> promise I'm not going to ask that question. We, we won't go there because I don't want to embarrass him. You know, I'll probably embarrass him enough by bringing that up. <laughs> oh, I'm good fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, all right, so let's start there. What, what uh, you mentioned that you, you played at Mount Vernon. So let's take, let's start there. Let's go through what was your journey to get to Mount Vernon and, um, you know, what, what was your career like there and uh, what brought you back? Yeah, so I got to Mount Vernon in a strange path. So um, I thought forever that I was going to play college football. My dad, high school football coach, I like that's what I thought my path was going to be. Um, I, the story I tell now is I got the tightrope surgery on my ankle before it was cool. Like Tua made it cool, but I was one of the first people to get it. Wow. So after that, I had to kind of really reevaluate. Like, is football what I want to do? Do I want to potentially go through another contact injury like this again? And so – I really didn't start like my baseball recruiting process until probably January of my senior year of high school, which wow. obviously like that's pretty late, even in those times, you know, 2010, you know, that's pretty late. So, um, and it really late compared to now. So, um, really didn't have a whole lot of opportunities, had a couple offers, um, you know, like, uh, Alderson Broadus down in West Virginia and some places like that, but nothing really fit me. I didn't find it. So I, I kind of went to Muskingum University out on a whim. Um, I had some buddies going there and, um, you know, it just wasn't the right fit for me. Um, obviously, we've exchanged a little bit on Twitter about, you know, finding the right fit. And that's why I'm so big on it is because I didn't find that right fit. And it took a whole year of, quite frankly, bad experiences that weren't good for me uh, to figure out, like, this isn't right. Uh, so I transferred to Mount Vernon after a year, actually. I had buddies on the team here, uh, Jeffrey Stone, Jake Dickerson, guys that I knew from, knew from high school travel baseball. And so uh, they were like, dude, just come here. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great team. We win a lot. And so that's why I went to Mount Vernon. Uh, it's a whole other story in of itself. I came to Mount Vernon just to win baseball games, and I got so much more out of it. And that's why I'm back here. Um, uh, like we talked about a little bit, like I owe so much to Coach Beal um, and, and – not to be like corny or cliche, but it's true. Like Coach Veal really saved my life. Um, mm. I was lost, didn't know where I was going. Um, I had great friends, great mentors here, and it really shaped me. So I, I'm incredibly thankful for the four years I got to spend on this campus, and that's why I'm back. Wow, and man, there was there was a lot there. Like I, uh, so just in case anybody's catching this and they don't already know, uh, I'm an alumni. Um, my son currently goes there, and I couldn't be happier. Um, and and, and I, I'll go ahead and just put this on the podcast because people may not know this, but 
about three years ago, we were standing in the island, the, the kitchen, uh, kitchen island, talking about his future. This is long before he even probably started the recruiting process. And I'm like, man, you don't want to go to Mount Vernon. <laughs> so, and here he is today. And honestly, um, I say that, but I also say there's nowhere else I'd rather have him be um, because that's exactly where God wanted him. And, and uh, you know, it was really clear through his process. But uh, And we'll, someday we'll, we'll break that down on a podcast. But um, I'm, I'm a proud alumni of Mount Vernon. And uh, there's a lot more to the story behind why I said that to him at that time. But um, Coach Veal actually took over, gosh, and he, he'd probably have to tell this for sure, but I want to say it was either my freshman year or after my freshman year for Sam Riggleman. Uh, Coach Veal took over, and he's still there, and he's just just been nothing but winning. Um, the guys like yourself that have played for him, um, man, they have nothing but great things to say. There, there's a lot more going on than winning a lot of games, which Mount Vernon also does, by the way. Uh, dominant in in that uh, conference, but Coach Veal's shaping men, and he he uh, he really is doing something special there. So that that's not surprising for me to hear that uh, for somebody that played it at, for Coach Veal and now is giving back to the university. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and not to like keep going on it, but like, man, that's one thing that we talk about with recruits is like, it's there's so much more than the two, three, three and a half, four hours right on the field. Like if you you you're not invested to in the, the growing process and this isn't going to be for you and that's okay. Yeah. Um, the guys that do come here are guys that want to be here and, and want to grow. So that's what makes this job so awesome. Yeah. And working for the, the greatest boss you possibly could. <laughs> that's, that's so good to hear. And, and um, all right, so let's shift real quick to yeah. last season. All right. You're, you guys were loaded. Absolutely loaded. Right. I mean, as far as I know, you know, and I'm, I know about that much, but um loaded team i saw you guys play a couple scrimmages uh you came into town right before you went on spring break and uh, i won't tell you that the, you know the other team that was there but you pretty well put the hurting on that team and a little just a little scrimmage um you guys were putting up some good runs looked like a great offense great pitching staff and then you know spring break hits so take us back to spring break and then coming home and just take us back to, to everything just kind of falling apart a little bit yeah, spring break, we caught our stride. Um, we beat uh, some really good ball clubs. We played Southeastern, the number one team in the country. We played them tight. Um, uh, we beat Madonna twice, who was ranked number 20. Um, got to the championship game of the Warner Invitational and, and just didn't to finish it off with a win. Um, and we were 18 – or no, sorry, we were 15-6 and six coming back north. Nope, I messed that up. 17-6, and six, my apologies. 17-6 coming back north. And honestly, we didn't think anything about it. It was just kind of at the start of like the, the coronavirus and kind of going around. And it was the only way I can explain it, it was dying like a, just a quick death. I mean, we played Grace on a Thursday, uh, beat them 10 rip, I think. And we, you got two more games scheduled for Friday and like you show up the next day and it's like, nope, no games. And it's like, okay. And it just got postponed. And then like the next Tuesday, it was like seasons are canceled. And it was just incredibly heartbreaking I mean you you feel bad for the the seniors because like this is their last go around you don't know if they're going to get another year yeah. um you feel bad for all of the underclassmen because like this is their first college baseball experience and it's just like you know is this going to sour them are they going to uh, still be motivated and driven to to you know come back and compete you know because you just got your season ripped from you and right. quite frankly promising season 
Um, so it, it just all the uncertainty and how quickly it just transitioned from like playing to like done. Yeah. Um, it just it it took a lot it took a lot of tolls on a lot of people. So um, that was kind of my experience with it and, and going through the process with our guys and trying to get them through just the rest of the academic calendar with quite frankly nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I've asked uh, a few guys, I had uh, Dave Richardson from Arkansas's basketball team on earlier this week. And, um, you know, I've asked uh, the people I've talked to, how do you, so now, it, it, and, and that was terrible. I mean, it was terrible for everybody, but it's just heartbreaking for those spring sports, you know, basketball got to play. Some of them got into some tournament action, you know, depending on where they were, but um, man, baseball, all the, all the spring sports just, just lost it. And, my assistant's a volunteer at Ohio State, and they were out in Arizona, had to come home, lost their spring break. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's heartbreaking. And But now we look ahead, and, and so, and it hasn't gotten much easier, but at least we're playing, right? So, and actually, let me let me pause there. You coach softball, or I'm sorry, you coach baseball in the summer, right? So, yeah. you, to, you know, and that's what's weird is you got to coach pretty much. So, what was that like, coaching this summer? Man, getting back on the field, we did the way to opening day thing at um, Newark, Don Edwards, and holy smokes, just to get back out on the field. Our first game was under the lights, and so I was so excited just to be back out there. And it was just normalcy. Like, you know, obviously there was like the rules where you're supposed to play with your own baseballs and not supposed to mix them and all that stuff. And sure, like that kind of made it a little weird, but like it was just normal. Like you got to be out there, you got to watch kids compete, you got to just just play the game. Um, and so that was probably the most rewarding part of the summer was just playing, watching kids play, um, kind of carefree, like there's nothing going on in the world. And then when you leave the ballpark for the day, it was like, okay, back to reality. But man, it was just, it was, um, it was, it was like, like I said, there's nothing strange about being on the ball field again. So that was really, really thankful for that because I don't know how I would have done it from, you know, March all the way to August for fall ball. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like some saving grace. Yeah, and, and it was amazing how most of the teams got to play this summer. I think we were going into it. We're like, everybody's going to lose their summer. What a mess, you know. And then all of a sudden things changed a little bit and we got to get teams out on the field. And we we sailed through the summer pretty well. And knock on wood, I mean, well, it's over for most teams now they're playing fall ball. But uh, thank God we got through the summer and that baseball teams got to play and the kids got to play and get out there and all that kind of thing. So um, so let me – I actually have a couple things. So let me reverse that a little bit before we go to the next thing. How was – so I, I assume in the summer you probably do some recruiting stuff for Mount Vernon or no? Do you, so you go out yeah. and well, every, every day. So I, I could tell stories about that, but yes. Yeah, yeah, so I'm curious. What, what was it like this summer? Because I know like in Columbus, there weren't a lot of games. You normally you have games at the high schools and you have games, you know, the, let's just throw out the Worthington Wood Bat, for example, or, or Buckeye Elite. Those are all local and, and you can probably get around that 270 loop and get to see a lot of games. I think a lot of those had to be pushed further out for whatever reason. We can probably talk about that on another call. But for whatever reason, a lot of games were played in the Dayton, Newark, uh, Chillicothe. They were spread out. So what was it like recruiting all summer on top of, you know, playing in those things? But how did you guys, like, has that changed? Was it difficult this summer recruiting because of COVID and all those changes? Honestly, 
I don't know if it was harder or easier. Uh, you just felt like you were going to the same place all the time. For the yeah. first month, it felt like, you know, Newark uh, was where you were. Like, that's what it felt like. Um, and then, like you said, Dayton, Cincinnati, like those two areas were pretty pretty popular. But it was like Waterworks Park and Westchester Baseball Complex. And um, there's a third place that had like three fields. And it felt like you were always at those places. Yeah. Um, so it, it made it easier from that sense, and you weren't running all over the place. I mean, you've been to probably a Flames tournament. You've been to Buckeye Elite. You can get all the way in Cincinnati, all the way down to New Richmond, all the way up to almost Dayton at uh, Whitsfield or whatever that um, – I can't even think of the stadium's name. I apologize to those guys. But that's how far you're covering uh, on a normal year. Um, so it was kind of nice to be centrally located. Um, so it, I don't know if it necessarily made it easier, but uh, that was kind of the ex experiences. Everyone was kind of at the same places. So you got to see a lot of the same guys and, and get really good evaluations. Um, yeah. And being us in Division Three, being the only two people get out, that was nice. Um, and, you know, it was nice. Uh, we finished with Worthington Woodbat. The last day was at uh, Ontangy Liberty. I was like, man, so a parent or someone was like, man, you guys were all over the place this summer. I saw you and your head coach. I was like, yeah, this is pretty normal. Like, we're out grinding just like everyone else. We just don't necessarily have that name brand logo that you're looking for. We're just kind of there and you just bypass us. I promise you we're out there working just as hard as everyone else. So that was nice, was not having to fight through the crowds of coaches to, to see games. And I think you might have seen my notes. Because <laughs> uh, that, that was actually the question after the next question. But so let, let's, let me, let's go there. What's it like recruiting for, you're not Division Three, you're not Division Two, you're not Division One, um, you're NAIA. And, and, and I'm going to pause right there and tell anybody that thinks that NAIA is anything less. And I know I'm a dad, I know I'm a former alumni, but I'm going to tell you, if you think NAIA is, NAIA is anything less than anybody else, you are really missing it. Um, and if you're hung up on whatever those initials are, but between where you're going, you're missing it too. And that's a whole nother, I could preach a whole sermon on that. And it isn't because my kid plays there. Um, it, you, as you know, I'm in, I'm in this, this business somewhat uh, more peripheral, but um, see far too many guys make a decision based on D whatever and not fit. And we can, we can talk about that, but what's it like? Um, what are the challenges for you as, as because everything I just said, like it has nothing to do with you guys. It's because there's a, there's a thought process that I have to be D something. And so too many guys are looking after that. How do you compete with that? How do you, um, how do you find your players and do you, well, yeah, let me, let me add one more. How do you, um, do you find that you find a lot of players that have fell through the filter because they thought they were going to be, and now they're, now they're not, and so that gives you guys a chance. And if not that, if that's not true, let me know. But is so. How do you guys kind of find your players? Yeah. So first, I'll start with Mount Vernon is very much a niche. Um, we are a private Christian institution. Um, you know, my story. I would like I said, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus when I first enrolled at Mount Vernon. I was here to win championships. Um, so does that mean you have to be a Christian to come to school here? No, it doesn't. Uh, you have to be open to willing and willing to live within the guidelines of the university and the expectations of the program. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Vio has openly said it to our guys. Like, he views this as a ministry. 
He wants to show you that God created you for something more. He wants you to know that God gave you the talents you have and how are we going to maximize those? So that's where we always start in recruiting. So, you know, I talk to a lot of people about it. It's about personality. Um, if you, there was a kid that we were, I, I do better with examples. There's a catcher we were recruiting, really good player, um, said no, uh, committed to a, a division one school. And, you know, I was upset because he's a really good player. He's a really nice player, but I heard him, you know, fly out and, and drop some colorful words. Um, and I was like, you know what, probably a good thing that he's not coming on our campus because he's just not going to fit the program well. Um, so like it's all about fit and that's why I stress it so much. So how do we find guys? Well, um, you know, we're out at the showcases just like everyone else where we talent is always going to be the prerequisite. Like, are you good enough to help our program or are you not? And then it gets down to the nitty gritty. Are you interested in our program? Um, a lot of 17, 18 year old kids are very much frightened by the idea of being at a Christian institution, um, because the way the world is, you know, you have high level athletes you know cursing in interviews all the time you know talking about you know extracurriculars that don't necessarily align with christian beliefs it's okay it it frightens them and it's you know if it's not the right fit okay we'll move on but if there are guys they're like yeah I, i think i can do that that's step one and step two is showing more interest you know coming to campus seeing what we're about and then when you get around our guys and you're like wow they're actually like normal human beings they're not weirdos they're not you know smacking you over the face with a bible and they're out here they're good ball players mm-hmm. and then and at that point the tide starts to turn um so the big thing for us is getting them on campus um you know coach veal he's been at it for 41 42 years i don't know i apologize i should know that but he's got so many connections there's a lot of guys that you referred to him like hey i think he would fit your program or, or fit the, the culture and all of that stuff. So um, that's kind of the process of sifting through who's going to come to Mount Vernon and play for us. Um, and I think you said something about guys falling through the cracks. I think this year has been a, a, a big year for that. There's been a ton of dudes that are still looking for places to play and there's not as many opportunities at division one. Got a ton of guys that didn't get drafted. You got a ton of guys that, you know, came back for that extra year. And so the roster spots are limited. And so I don't know the exact rules, but I know there there's no roster cap this year, but I think next year they got to be back at their 35. So they're not looking to bring in a huge class because they don't know what's going to go on. And then you keep going further up minor league baseball. They're trying to cut what 42 uh, affiliate teams. So you're, you've got all those guys that are looking for other minor league opportunities. So the draft's probably going to get cut to 20 rounds. If I had to guess, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So you're going to even have a bigger group of guys still in college baseball. So college baseball for the next five, six, seven years is probably going to be really old. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to find an opportunity to play early is going to become a little bit more difficult. So there will be more guys that, you know, slip through the craps, cracks, so to speak. So I don't know even if I answered your question there. I just kind of got rolling. But that's kind of how it works here at Mount Vernon, the kind of recruiting process. Yeah, no, it's exactly what I was looking for. I I think every, whoever, the one or two people that watch this thing or listen to it, um, you know, that's what I want to present is, is um, you're going to, you'll hear it, you heard it before, you hear it now, you'll hear it later. Um, I'm always going to preach fit. And that was true for my own son, who's only a year and a half removed from this whole process. 
Um, and we didn't know. We didn't know either. You know, you you start getting good enough, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, he could play college. And then it's like your first thought is, okay, I'll, you know, D1, <laughs> you know? And there's too many people that hold on to that so tight um, and don't realize that that's just not realistic, you know? And, and honestly, it's it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. And I, I'll preach that until the day I die. It doesn't matter. What matters is fit because – we don't have to go any further than March to see exactly what happens. You guys lost an entire baseball season. Were they happy at school? I mean, are they at, are they at a place they want to be because there's an injury or a coach or a, a fight or, or, or grades or there's, you know, you know, you've seen it. How many times has a guy come to some school because of the sport and then now, you know, they're leaving or they're transferring or they're miserable. Man, don't, don't chase the logo, the name, the D, whatever chase the fit and then work your way back find the schools that you think i would love to be at that university and then oh by the way do they have a baseball team like and i'm i may be out of my league saying that but i think it's you see so many less transfers um and you know coaching changes and all those things i was on uh last night with uh joe white's dad uh or evan white's dad joe who went to mount vernon and um you know evan was going to go to to Kent State ended up going to Kentucky or you know same thing coaching change and and uh you know he landed right where he wanted to be but I, I think you just see that so much that um I would love for players to understand find the fit first and the rest is the rest is gravy yeah going through the transfer process I can attest is awful yeah awful like you condense a whole recruiting process into like a couple months because you finish the school season you're talking middle of May and then like you got to figure out where your next jump is like middle of August and like on top of that you're trying to play summer ball you're probably trying to work a job and you're 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 got to take visits and and, re, and and instead of evaluating something over a year you're evaluating it now over two months yeah so uh, the transfer process is not fun so like you want to get it right the first time and that's not like added pressure that's just that's just the facts of it um yeah. you, you gotta you gotta ask questions that's the thing is like if dudes don't ask questions or parents don't ask questions then I, I don't think they really know what they're getting into yeah. um, that's why I ask a bunch of questions in recruiting I don't know if guys like it but like hey man I'm trying to figure out like is this going to be for you or not um, yeah. the only way to do that is to have conversation and ask questions so at least that's my opinion I agree I, I um so let's let's look let's look ahead now what yeah. what's you guys are now you're in it and I, as I understand from my my source close to the team <laughs> um, you're in groups that's how you're practicing is rotation so take us through what is practicing in a COVID world look like for Mount Vernon Nazarene keeping distance um, we got the position guys split up playing out of the two dugouts um, so we, we we like to enter squad a lot we, I mean that's kind of how we we roll here um, so it's four times a week where we're, we're playing um so you got the position guys in the dugouts we got the pitchers grouped into the the um bullpens so they're in less than 10 um or out on the soccer field or the old soccer field where we get to stretch it out play catch and have a whole bunch of space to ourselves and then we got the catchers in their little area so um that's what it looks like is it's a ton of bouncing around uh back and forth for me from groups to who's pitching live who's getting their work in the bullpen who's long tossing so just kind of moving around for me, but it's just, it's really spaced out. It's all about keeping space, trying to stay out there as long as we can. You know, um, the world we live in, if you get one 
positive test, it's you're shut down. Right. Um, I know my like my dad's a high school football coach still. I know the school he's coaching at. They had one positive test and like they got shut down for two weeks, yep. and it just like horrible timing for them because that they, they missed the first two weeks to the season and then it was like they got to practice on Thursday and then play week three awful it didn't do well but that's the point is like you, you're trying not to get shut down you're doing everything you possibly can to make sure you're still out on that field and luckily we've made it through um, I lost count this might be week five week six they all blend together but that's kind of what it looks like practicing at Mount Vernon in, in the COVID era is keeping space keep it as spread out as far as we can and and, and try to abide by the rules. Yeah, it's got to be difficult. And I, again, Dave Richardson says the same thing. He's looking ahead at the SEC schedule for basketball. And you could be midweek, you know, scouting another team and then find out, well, a trainer or a coach or two players or whatever it is tested positive. We're not playing this week. Or those players aren't playing this week. And now you got to change your, you know, you guys could be facing a, a, a pitcher that you've scouted and this is what he's got, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden he's not pitching and there's somebody else going, I mean, and that's part of the game, but it's unique. It's a unique world that we're living in, especially in the sports world for sure. Yeah. College, you don't get too many scratches on the mound. Yeah. Um, it's, it's usually the same, same guys you, you scouted, you scout and report on them. So um, maybe a couple hitters here and there, but it, it could be interesting. You got a, a scratch last minute because of failed COVID test in the spring. It's just, uh, it, it's it'll be interesting. It will we'll take it in stride, but yeah, it's 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 complex. And for you guys, fall your fall season, at least some of the games could count to your spring. Yeah, so normally right? they do. Yeah, normally they do. We try to play six ish games in the fall. Uh, they count towards our total, count towards our record. Um, it's not making any bones about it. It's Ohio, Central Ohio. That early February is not ideal for playing games. And you'll look up. At the rest of the NAI, there's going to be teams starting January, uh, last weekend of January. Yeah. Um, that's not playing conditions in Ohio. And, and we value our spring trip. We're really lucky. We get to go to Florida for two weeks. Um, and, and so we, we pack that with games. That's 15 games in 14 days. So that's a ton of our non-conference stuff. Um, but we get those six games up here, and it makes our, our regular season slate, you know, less – complex it's less less games we can focus our energy and, and on the weekend and get into the national tournament we get there two ways we win our conference or we win the conference tournament um there's very rarely been an at-large bid out of our league so we know going into the season we got to win the regular season or we got to win the conference tournament so let's put all of our energy towards that versus like picking up a bunch of non-conference games and going into the weekend a little beat up yeah uh, that's why it's nice to play in the fall are you going to get a spring break this year? Um, I do not know. I've not. As far as you know, as far as I know, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I, I I don't. I don't want to say one way or the other and be wrong, but um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what that's going to look like if we're going to get a Florida trip or not. Because I think the the university doesn't have spring break this year, right? Because of the way they've done the schedule. Yeah, they've reworked the schedule to eliminate the spring break. But coach and I are working on. How do we make it up? Do we go try to go down to Florida for ten days? Do we make weekend trips, um, you know, to you know Lake Point or down to Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere in there, and try and pick up games that way? So that's a fluid situation. It's always evolving, and we don't know what way that's going to go. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you to whatever you said. So, um, well, man, I believe, unbelievable. Our time's up. Like it, it flew by and uh, uh, we threw this together on the fly. I appreciate uh, that you kind of came on so quick, but let me tell you this, um, you know, one thing that, that, uh, and we text a little bit on this, but um, you know, obviously as a, as a parent, as a dad, um, you send your, your, any, any of my children, I send off to school, you know, you always, you hand off that baton to somebody else. Um, you know, in our case, we knew it was going to be Coach Veal, uh, and obviously his record is stands for itself uh, for what he does with his players. Um, but what I've noticed with my guy, and I'm probably going to introduce and embarrass him a little bit, but, you know, you got, I hear a lot about Coach Coops. And, um, you know, the one thing that I want to tell you personally is that that means a lot to me is to know that I got, I got somebody that's pouring into him uh, in his next four years. And uh, I know you guys are close and you know, I know you hang out. So, um, and you know, you're his pitching coach. And so I, I'm not worried about the baseball side. I couldn't tell you a thing about pitching, but, um, but it's cool to know that on a personal side, he's got a mentor in his life. And that's something that I don't want to say that our schools don't have that because I'm pretty sure they do as far as those connections, but that's something I can guarantee that Mount Vernon has. And from a uh, faith perspective, I know that it's uh, it's coming from a place that's really, really where we're aligned. Um, and so, you know, you talked about the differences between Mount Vernon and, you know, those faith-based type things. And now guys aren't out there Bible beating, but there's an element. There's a um, there's a constant theme. And uh, I'll, I'll share one story that uh, there's a one of my closest friends went there, got drafted into the MLB. I won't, won't use his name on the podcast, but um got drafted and in our four years he wasn't a believer he played baseball he was there to play baseball he was there to get drafted he did get drafted he earned what he wanted to uh it took him later in life but he's a believer now and he's just a very strong man of faith and uh you know sometimes it doesn't happen right away sometimes it won't happen in those four years but there's seeds that are planted um being where you are and uh, you guys are doing good work man and it far beyond what's between the white lines you're doing good work and and uh, i'm really glad my son plays for mount vernon nazarene well thank you we, we appreciate that i mean it starts at the top uh what i mean i really do mean what i say like coach veal saved me um from uh who knows what don't know where i'd be don't know what i'd be doing if i didn't come to mount vernon uh, i owe that man a lot and that's kind of why i'm back around and uh, i don't plan on leaving because um you go searching for it in other places when you don't have it and coach Veal facilitates it and he's as real as they come and I'm incredibly lucky to work for him and he does an unbelievable job of just mentoring young men and so uh, if you're out there looking for a place to to grow and come and get better as you know as a person and, and grow your faith and take ownership of it nobody does it better than, than Keith Veal so um like I said I appreciate the kind words but uh, I do it as a direct reflection of that man. So, well, and that's leadership um, from from you to from him to you to you to the players. And um, yeah, I, I echo what you say. I know I'm an alumni. I know I might be a little bit biased, but again, remember I told you I told my son three years ago you don't wanna, you don't want to go there. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just uh, that's not something on your radar. Let's look some other places because maybe I had those other big dreams. But uh, if you're a baseball player, you want to win a lot of games. You want to grind. You want to play some great baseball. Don't look, don't overlook Mount Vernon. I'm telling you, it'll be the best four years of your life. So uh, thanks, man. I know this was short notice. Um, thanks again. Everything I said earlier and thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. We'll do it again. Cool, man. Good luck this season. 
and uh, I'm sure we'll see. I hope I hope I'm allowed to come watch something, yeah. but uh, hopefully we'll see you around the diamond. And uh, if not, we'll be live streaming or something. So oh yeah, best of luck, you guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, coach. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.